0: Welcome to the Celtics pod. I'm Eric Vandenbosch. Celtics continue to win. uh, Picking up a win Saturday night versus Atlanta on the road. 110 to 99. So the Celtics win streak continues. They are now at 15 games in a row. This is their fifth longest win streak in team history. Just four wins shy. uh, Matching their longest ever winning streak, which was 19 back in uh, 2008. 2009. Celtics-Hawks game, uh, they they got off to a slow start early on, uh, trailed by as many as 16 points in the first quarter. They trailed by 15 after that quarter. Atlanta was extremely hot. They shot 65%. Uh, Celtics, you know, only putting up 20 points, not uh, shooting the ball as efficiently as Atlanta did in that first quarter. And Brad Stevens said, you know, we got to keep, uh, we got to stop digging Ourselves into holes, you know, the way we do. That versus Golden State, the Celtics overcame two double-digit deficits, including a 17-point deficit. That game was uh, pretty exciting. It was ugly many times. It was a game of runs, so you had long stretches where one team was just dominating the other basketball team. You know, but you know, for the Celtics, long stretches of uh, not shooting the ball well, stretches of not making a field goal, and these long runs for Golden State. Got to stop digging themselves into a hole, according to uh, Brad Stevens. Celtics uh, versus the Hawks. They battled back in the second quarter, and things seemed to turn around from there. Marcus Morris came out hot in that second quarter. Marcus Morris, uh, you know, good player, good uh, one-on-one player, can knock down uh, pull-ups. He can get hot. Marcus Smart knocked down a couple of threes in that second quarter. And Celtics, by the end of it, uh, going into halftime, cut the lead down to six. And then from there, they just uh, played better basketball and they picked up the win. Jalen Brown was absolutely fantastic in that game versus the Hawks. He had a 27-point game, 10-of-13 shooting, 4-of-6 from three-point range. So he was extremely efficient. Uh, He is now shooting 39% from three this season. 39% is a very good number, and uh, that is an improvement for him compared to a year ago. And uh, he was not as efficient versus uh, Golden State, but still, of course, having a great game, scoring 22 points uh, in that Golden State game. But, you know, uh, Jalen Brown making all sorts of wonderful plays versus the Hawks big and one with about uh, six minutes to go. A little up fake, attacks the basket, shows off that elevation, gets followed by Dwayne Dedman, gets it to go. The uh, game versus uh, Golden State where he puts up 22 points, a team high, an emotional game for him. His best friend, Trevin Steed, passed away, and he got that news just hours before the basketball game, and he told Brad that he didn't know uh, if he could play that game, obviously uh really difficult news uh to receive and to get, you know, blindsided by something like that hours before a basketball game, you know, it's uh extremely difficult. And Brad Stevens, you know, he told Jalen he didn't have to play if he didn't feel up to it. And Brad has experience dealing with this situation. We know, of course, with Isaiah Thomas losing his sister. Um before the start of the uh, NBA playoffs last th- uh, season. But Jalen said that he talked to Trevin's mom and he found some inspiration in that conversation and he decided to go out there and play. Uh, Kyrie Irving did something very nice. He pre- presented Jalen with a game ball. So that was very cool. And apparently Kyrie had some words for uh, Jalen. Uh, Kyrie's, you know, uh, been through a lot. In the NBA, you know, he's had ups, he's had downs, he's had all these different things. So he kind of uh, talked to Jalen about this particular situation. The uh, story about uh, Trevin and Jalen, it's a good story. You know, they uh, met after Jalen transferred schools in high school. And Jalen was sitting at the lunch table by himself for a couple of days. And then Trevin came up to him said hey man you want to eat some lunch with somebody you want to you know sit with me and then they were just they were best friends ever since so obviously extremely difficult uh news for Jalen brown in a difficult time for him but you know he managed to play well in that game versus golden state and he played even better i think versus uh the hawks uh prior to the game mike gorman and brian scalabrini said Jalen brown Versus Golden State, best game of his career. And then he comes out, scores even more points versus Atlanta, shoots the ball even better in that basketball game. It's not just the shooting from Jalen, it's the defense as well. Uh, A number of great defensive plays versus Golden State in that first quarter. Uh, He knocked the ball away from Steph Curry, and then he had a clear path to the basket, and then he slams it home. You know, when Jalen Brown is on a fast break, by himself he's got that clear path to the basket you move to the edge of your seat and you're just waiting to see what Jalen Brown is going to do and uh he's delivered this season you know versus the Nets he had a steal you know breakaway windmill jam uh versus the Knicks I think uh that was my favorite one he had the steal he's all alone goes up for the reverse jam so this guy is exciting to watch. He really is. You know, those steals, great defensive plays leading to points on the other end. Uh, more defense out of him versus uh, Golden State blocking some shots. He had a block on KD in the first quarter. He also blocked Klay Thompson in transition. And uh, Marcus Smart had a pretty sweet block as well in that basketball game. In the first quarter, he blocked Zaja Pachulia from behind. As Zaja uh, attempted to dunk the basketball, uh, Marcus Smart doing his best LeBron James impersonation just comes up behind him and uh, blocks a shot. Jalen's defense, his defense on DeMar DeRozan was pretty sweet. In that uh, Raptors game, final possession, Raptors have the basketball, and it's a one-point game. And they get the ball to DeMar DeRozan, with the clock winding down. And as a Celtics fan, you're like, oh boy, <laughs> here it is. It's going to be one shot to decide the game. And it has to be DeMar DeRozan because the guy is uh, such a great mid-range jump shooter and he's got moves and he can create space. So, you know, this is, this is the, this is the uh, matchup they want. This is the guy they want, DeMar DeRozan. So they get it to their guy and Jalen just sticks with him. And challenges the shot. I mean, that's all you can really do is just, you know, s- stick with the guy and challenge the shot. Try to defend it the best you can. Try to make the shot as difficult for Demar Derozan as you can. And Jalen Brown did a fantastic job. And the ball went off the front of the rim, and uh, Celtics win that basketball game. Jalen's rebounding has been good as well. Uh, he's averaging nearly seven boards per game. You know, in a little over 30 minutes per, per game, that is second on the team uh, for Jalen Brown with those nearly seven boards. Did have a really sweet rebound versus Draymond Green in that Golden State game in the third quarter. He just like he just went way up there and just stole the rebound from Draymond. It appeared that Draymond was going to get that board, but Jalen Brown flashing the athleticism and that tremendous leaping ability of his, and then the length just goes way up there, just goes way up there, and just uh, gets, the, gets the rebound from uh, Draymond Green. That was pretty noteworthy. You were watching live at home and just said, damn, that was a sweet play. Look at this guy go. Look at the athleticism and the uh, leaping ability. And it was an offensive board, and then he gets to the free throw line. But Celtics, as, uh, as a team, Rebounding the ball extremely well, uh, they are second in rebounding percentage in the NBA. you know? Uh, the overall size, length and athleticism, uh, one of the biggest reasons for this turnaround, rebounding, because last year they were not very good in that category. you know So you've got just a lot of guys who are six foot seven or taller in that starting lineup two through five, they are six foot seven or taller. You know, so it's the versatility, it's the size and length, it's the athleticism. You have so many guys like that, and, and rebounding is a team thing, and the Celtics have clearly improved uh rebounding the basketball. So you get all these guys with the good length and then six, seven or taller, two through five. And I mean that's the case regardless of, you know, who's starting, Aaron Baines or or Marcus Morris, but, you know, you'll have that two through five, and then somebody will be coming off the bench, and that's either going to be Baines or Morris. And then, you know, you get uh, Daniel Tice, who has been a really good rebounder as well coming in off the bench. Um, you get Terry Rozier, who's a tremendous rebounder uh, for a guard, another guy with just great athleticism. So, uh So the size and the length, and Jalen Brown is a big part of that, and he has improved as a rebounder. Uh, Baines, Tyson, Horford have been extremely good rebounding the basketball as well. Kyrie Irving. Kyrie with 30 points versus the Hawks. Kyrie shot 10 of 12, and he was 5 of 6 from 3, so he was extremely efficient. Uh, he was, that was not the case for him in that Golden State game. He shot just four for 16. He did have 11 points in the final quarter of that Golden State game. And the Celtics put the ball in his hands with the game on the line. They gave it to their best player and they said, go win it for us. Following a timeout, 20 seconds left in the game. It's tied to 88. They get it to Kyrie. He goes one-on-one with Draymond Green. Kyrie drives, lane gets to the free throw line, and it didn't appear to be an obvious foul on that play. But you know, watching the replay, Draymond, you know, appeared to get uh, some contact there on uh, Kyrie's shoulder. Marv Albert said that Kyrie was seven for seven at the foul line in the fourth quarter. Uh, he said that Kyrie scored eleven of the Celtics' final fifteen points. So of course, uh, Kyrie coming up big in this game. And he stepped up big, you know, late in other games as well. It wasn't just, you know, the Golden State game versus the Hawks. He knocked down a contested step-back three in the corner with just a minute left. So Kyrie has just been, you know, obviously fantastic late in games. And over this winning streak for the Celtics, they have won a number of close basketball games, games that went right down to the wire. You know, And despite not shooting well as a team overall, uh, the Celtics have had a number of timely shots this year, and they have been able to come through uh, late in basketball games. Kyrie's a huge part of that. Uh, I think Jason Tatum has been very good at that as well, especially with his ability to uh, attack the basket. Uh, the mask for Kyrie Irving playing with those that silly goofy looking mask that nobody likes to wear those things. Jonas Derebko last season wore a mask and was so frustrated by it. So Kyrie wore the mask the entire game versus Atlanta played really well. This after he suffered a facial fracture versus Charlotte. He had a broken face. You broke your face, man. Put your mask on. You got a broken face. Took the mask off versus Golden State in the third quarter. And, uh, Marv Albert said, apparently Kyrie, so he's picking up his baby girl and she accidentally hits him in that same spot below his right eye. And Kyrie said, it really hurt. It hurt a lot. Well, it's like Kyrie, think about it. You got hit by a baby and it hurt. What's going to happen if you take a shot to the face from Draymond Green? You're going to die. Put the damn mask back on. Um, Al Horford, Al Horford continues to be one of our favorite Celtics and continues to be just a well-rounded basketball player, somebody who may be unappreciated in the league. Um, and as I say, how great and how efficient he has been, he shoots three for 11 versus the Hawks. Get it together. Al Horford, come on seven points versus Atlanta. And he had been so efficient He was shooting lights out in those games uh, following the concussion, that three-game stretch following missing time with the concussion. Scores 18.7 points per game, 77% from the field shooting. His two-point field goals, 21 of 23 over a three-game stretch. 21 of 23, quite remarkable. So he was absolutely... On a tear. And that game versus Golden State, uh, fantastic. 18 points, 7 of 11 shootings, throws in 11 rebounds. Started that game with a nice little running hook. Later in that uh, same quarter, same shot, same result. Had a really sweet dunk in transition in the third quarter. And that's something that he can do, you know. He's got great athleticism for a big guy. Tremendous handling for a big guy. He's able to drive the lane and dunk it, you know. And when Al drives the lane and when he dunks, he dunks hard. He throws it down. It's always exciting when Al Horford gets an open lane to the basket and then just like – it's almost like he's it sneaks up on you, you know. Like he's just – all of a sudden Al just throws it down hard and it's just like – it's pretty exciting. It's pretty cool, you know. You get up off your seat. Um But he's got that athleticism and the ball handling, and he's always pushing the ball up the floor after a rebound. doesn't get a board and stop and wait for a guard. He gets the rebound, and he runs. He will lead a fast break. He will initiate the offense, and that is your four, your five, pushing the ball up the floor, leading a fast break. You know, I mean, if we got Marcus Morris in the lineup... It's your five leading a fast break. If we got Aaron Baines out there, it's your uh your number four pushing the ball up the floor. So got the athleticism, you know, to be a versatile defender. Uh can defend a three point line, you know, can switch on to uh other players, switch on to smaller players, moves around really well. He's he had a, you know, he's had success defending some really good players this year. Uh shuts down um Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Kristaps Porzingis does a good job versus uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I mean, does, I guess, as well as you can versus Giannis. Giannis didn't hit his points per game average, which is ridiculous, and Giannis had a great game, but, you know... Uh, didn't score quite as many points as we're used to seeing. Uh, shot below his average and stuff like that. So Al did the best job he could on him. Uh, but Al, you know, obviously stretches the floor. He's a, a great passer. Uh, his, his statistics this year are up compared to last year in several major categories. His field goal percentage is up compared to last year. His three-point percentage is up. His rebounding is up. And his points are up. So obviously playing great basketball and just love the love the I love the way that he plays and he does seem to be underappreciated at times and I think it's because with Al, you know, he's not a high volume shooter, you know. Um He's not, like, super aggressive trying to create shots for himself. That's just not the type of player that he is. Like, he's the definition of a well-rounded player, basically, and the definition of a guy who lets the game come to him. You know, doesn't force shots, not a high-volume shooter, but he's always taking advantage of opportunities. Like, takes advantage of good matchups in the low post and can score near the basket. You know, he will take advantage of those open catch-and-shoot opportunities. And and like I said, the the, uh, three-point percentage up compared to last year, shooting very efficiently this year. You know, can do that pump fake and then drive the lane and attack the basket and throw it down. So Al Horford has just been uh, a lot of fun to watch this season, and he's having an absolutely great year and obviously a big part of this 15-game winning streak. Jason Tatum... Uh, you know, playing fantastic basketball for a 19 year old, uh, 14 points versus the Hawks. He chipped in with seven rebounds as well. A number of great plays, especially those um, two dunks that he had in transition off of uh, rebounds. One in the third quarter gets the rebound, doesn't waste any time. He goes back the other way and he hustles up the floor the whole way, he's pushing it really hard. He gets past a couple of defenders, and then he slams it home. And then just a couple of minutes later in the same quarter, gets a rebound, brings it up the floor. Not quite as you know, as much in a hurry as he was the previous time, but he gets the rebound, he brings it up the floor, but then once he gets to the three-point line, then he turns on the Jets. you know, Turns on the Jets, slams it home, gets fouled, and one. So Jason Tatum's so good in transition. He's so good at attacking the basket. And he is a 19-year-old and according to Mike Gorman off the court, Jason Tatum acts like a 19-year-old. So I guess that assumes he's just, you know, having fun, being goofy, being silly, just, you know, being a kid, which he should be, you know. Um When I was 19, I was beyond, you know, goofy, silly, hyper, those sorts of things. I was like a complete pain in the butt, you know. Um, I think Jason Tatum, a little bit more mature than myself at that age, Gorman said, off the court, acts like a 19 year old. But we can all see that on the court, he's extremely mature. Uh, He's poised. Uh, He's got a high basketball IQ, you know, shooting the ball well, knocking down threes. You know, we've seen his ability to uh, create space and be able to knock down these fadeaways. So he has just been absolutely fantastic and playing more minutes than expected with um, with uh, Gordon Hayward out. Uh, and Gordon Hayward, quick update on Gordon Hayward. I seem to be providing a Gordon Hayward update every podcast, which is amazing because it's like, dude, the guy, you know, has a... Suffered a, a dislocation fracture of the ankle. It's like how many updates can you really provide? The guy can't even walk. Like how many updates can there possibly be? I'll do it though. I love to do it. Still waiting for, uh, still waiting for Gordon Hayward to uh, return. And it was reported during that Golden State game uh, by Rosgold on Wooday. We all saw Gordon Hayward on the bench during that basketball game. She said it's the first time he's ever actually been on the bench this season. First time he's joined the team on the bench since that injury occurred. And it's actually the first time that he's appeared at the TD Garden since that injury occurred. And they just removed the hospital bed from his house. He and his wife now have a trainer living with them full time. So he is all about the rehab and uh Gordon Hayward's wife, wife told on Wooday that uh, there's no pity party. He's not sitting around sulking. Uh, he is dedicated to the rehab process, and he is working hard to get back as absolutely soon as he can. Um, obviously, <laughs> looking forward to uh, that return. And speaking of uh, Rosgold on Wooday and that TNT basketball crew, How about Marv Albert's pronunciation of uh, Shemi Ojale? Now, he pronounced Shemi right. He got that part right. But the last name he pronounced, like, at least a couple of different ways. Like, every time he would say the name, he would say it different than the last time. And it started off as Shemi Ojili, Then it was uh, Shemi Jale, you know, we get a little bit closer there, but like every time he would say it differently, you know, and obviously if you pronounce his name wrong and as Celtics fans, we pick it up right away because we know how to pronounce his name. So Celtics fans, we know, but for people who are not in new England, they may not probably don't know how to pronounce his name. So if you're Albert and you pronounce it wrong, As long as you dedicate yourself and stick with that mispronounced uh, last name, as long as you stick with it and just go with the same thing over and over again, those people who are out of market, they're probably not even going to know. I mean, because if they don't know how to pronounce his name, they're not going to catch on. But if you pronounce it a different way every single time, even people from different parts of the country are going to be like, this guy doesn't know how to pronounce his name. But... So, at least we traded Zizic because it seemed like everybody was pronouncing that last name differently like everybody. I uh, got some other stats from this uh Golden State game. Uh Celtics did not shoot the basketball well in that game. They shot just 33%. 22% from three-point range. So, shooting was miserable. Uh Celtics shooting 27th in the NBA, 27th overall. In shooting percentage. Uh, Scoring, they are 22nd in the league. So the shooting and the scoring is kind of a concern. Because, you know, they've won 15 in a row. And we're seeing all these great things. But there there are issues with the basketball team. You know? I mean, it's like Kyrie is great. And Al Horford's great. And they got these two young players. And they've won all of these games. And they're playing great defense. And they're rebounding the ball so well. Uh, There are issues with the team though the shooting is one of them um assists are down they had uh golden state had seven more assists than the Celtics did you can expect golden state to have more of those you know most nights versus anybody because that's what they do best in the league in assists per game this year and last year Uh, the Celtics that was part of their identity last season they were fourth In assists per game, down to 19 per game this season. The bench points is another big issue as well. Up there with, you know, up there with the shooting, falling behind in basketball games and creating those big holes, the bench points is uh, a concern. Starters are playing so well, uh, but versus uh, Golden State, 25 bench points for them, 12 for the Celtics. Celtics only managed. 18 bench points versus the Hawks, and just 13 versus Brooklyn. So offensively, not getting a ton of uh, production off the bench. I mean, there's really nobody there who you could call a spark plug offensively coming in off the bench. You know, if you've got Marcus Morris starting the game, Aaron Baines comes in, and he's a good offensive player. He can score pretty well near the basket. He can knock down his mid-range jumper with consistency, but he's not a high-volume shooter, and I don't really hear anybody calling him a spark offensively. You have, um, speaking of big men, you have Daniel Tice, who can stretch the floor and who can shoot the three, but you know he doesn't score a ton of points. He's not a spark offensively. Um, Marcus Smart, Terry Rozier, they can be sparks for you offensively. They really can be. But they don't shoot the ball well consistently. Marcus Smart, always going to play good defense. He's always going to play hard. He's always going to be pesky. He's always going to be a pain in the butt if you're on the opposing team. You know, uh, stripping balls away from guys, uh, swatting balls away from guys, out-hustling guys, diving for loose balls. You know diving into the front row to prevent the ball from going out of bounds. This is why we love Marcus because he impacts winning with his defense and if he was just a consistent shooter, he would be an all star uh and There are games where he is absolutely brilliant uh There are other games where he forces things and uh he doesn't take great shots and there are games where he doesn't shoot the ball very well; he's just overall an inconsistent shooter um you know, Terry Rozier coming off the bench can be a spark at times. You know, Terry attacking the baskets, using his great uh, athleticism and his quickness to attack the basket. You know, he's not afraid of uh, taking open threes. You know, if he's got a good look, he'll shoot it. That's what the Celtics are told to do. They all have the green light to shoot the basketball when they have a good look, you know. Uh, Terry Rozier is not afraid of taking a shot. He can get hot sometimes. Uh, but really no guys off the bench you would consider a spark, I suppose. Uh, Marcus Morris, if he was coming in off your bench, you could probably call him a spark off the bench offensively because Marcus Morris um, is you know, a good one-on-one player. He can knock down pull-up jumpers. He shoots the ball pretty well. He has times during games where he, you know, knocks down shots consistently. You know, maybe next season, uh, Gordon Hayward is back in the starting lineup, and he's at the three, and Tatum's at the four. You have Allen there, and you have uh, Marcus Morris coming in off the bench. That's another veteran coming in off your bench, which is good, and a guy who could, you know, maybe be a spark offensively for you. Defense. Defense versus Golden State. Uh, well, they held Golden State to low shooting percentages. Uh, their overall shooting percentage was 40%, down from 51%, which is the best in the league. Golden State held to 33%, shooting from three, down from 40%, which is the best in the league which is unbelievable. If you've got an individual shooting 40% from three, that's very good. To shoot it as a team is ridiculous. Um, Golden State also held under 100 points, and it's only the second time this season that Golden State has been held under 100 points. This game versus the Celtics was their lowest scoring game of the season. They average 117 points per game, which is the best in the league. Celtics have now held opponents under 100 points 13 times in 17 games. The defense is real. They have the best defensive rating in the entire NBA. And Steph Curry, um, part of that, uh, you know, low scoring game by Golden State standards. He only had three field goals. Of course, he was in foul trouble the whole time. Had four fouls quickly. And then, you know, he uh, there was a play where he was at the free throw line and uh, he got his own rebound or the ball got back to him. And then he takes a long two and he knocks it down. And that was a nice shot for him. But he didn't have a field goal after that for, like, so long. Like, not until... Like the fourth quarter, he knocked down a couple of other uh, field goals and finished with three for the game. Uh, Celtics got that winning streak going. How about Brad Stevens for an early candidate for Coach of the Year? He can there's no way he's not in the conversation at this point. You know, you lose an all-Star caliber player in Gordon Hayward to a gruesome injury. You know, and that that's a uh, hit to any basketball team. You take away an all-star caliber player from any basketball team, that's going to affect them. You know, especially, uh, or I don't want to say especially. Anytime you take away an all-star caliber player from any team, it's going to affect them. And we all know how uh, good of a, a good of a fit Gordon Hayward would be for this basketball team. You know, his ability to play and defend multiple positions, and to uh, you know create space and create his own shot and knock down shots and to play off the basketball and to catch and shoot, to do all these wonderful things, you know, um, adding some more size and length for the basketball team as well. Um, you know, it has a big impact on the Celtics, you know, and then it's a gruesome injury and they lose opening night to Cleveland. They lose the next night to um, Milwaukee. And it looked like things were about to spiral out of control. Not only do things not spiral out of control, but they rattle off 15 consecutive wins. And, you know, Brad keeps this calm demeanor about him after uh, Gordon Hayward suffers that terrible injury and they start off 0-2. You know, and they they do this, go on this long winning streak with just four players returning from last season. You get a whole new basketball team and all this talk about chemistry. How long would it take for them to develop chemistry? You know, and uh, not only doing it with new players, many of these guys are extremely young. You got rookies, you got uh, one rookie in your starting lineup in Jason Tatum. You got a second year player in your starting lineup in Jalen Brown. You know, you got uh, Shemi Ojale playing, who is a rookie. You got Daniel Tice playing, who is new to the NBA, 25 years old, played uh, in Europe for a number of years, first year in the NBA, though. Um, you know, Shane Larkin wasn't in the NBA last year. He was playing overseas. So you got these young guys, guys who weren't in the league, you got all these new pieces, and they put together a, a very impressive winning streak. So, uh, Brad Stevens. You know, he's in the conversation. You know, maybe he uh maybe he wins it in his fifth season as the head coach for the Boston Celtics, but we're seventeen games in, so we can't start uh handing out awards already. Next up for the Seas, a Monday night game versus the Mavericks. In Dallas, so uh, let's hope they can beat Dallas. Dallas is not a very good team. They are 3-14. and They have the worst record in the NBA, so uh, perhaps the Celtics can keep this winning streak alive and uh, push it to 16 games, getting the seas closer to matching their all-time record with a 19-game winning streak from 2008 to 2009. I'm uh, Eric Van and I'm running out of things to say, so that's gonna do it for me. And I will be back. We'll talk more about the seas. Take it easy, go seas.